Hello, I'm Sarah Miller, and welcome to another rousing episode of Didn't See It, Don't Need To, a podcast where we, God, I don't really know what we do. I'm going to turn to my co-host, Joshua Clover. Like, I mean, I do know what we do, but what do you think that we do? Uh, thank you for uh, uh, inviting, inviting me, as always, to co-host with you. Pleasure to be here with you. Uh, I, I think the reason we can't remember what we do is it's been a while since our it last podcast. Been. We, you know, this podcast comes slightly random every couple weeks, but could be more, could be less. It's been several years since our last episode. Yeah, uh, what least. we do, if I understand the title correctly, is we don't see movies because we didn't need to, to have an opinion on them. And so we review, and indeed not just review, but evaluate these films based on an almost uh, absolute absence of immediate knowledge. Although I think both of us, like we read reviews, we look at IMDb and things like that. So there's some info, but basically we talk shit about movies we haven't seen and feel like we just don't need to. Yeah. And in addition to like reading stuff, we're just alive. So that's just the other reason. We're just, just from being alive. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. We don't. Okay. Well, yeah. So today we are doing the movie The Northman. And I was like, is it Northman? Is it The Northman? And I was like, The Northman. When I went to just re look it up because I forgot. Do you think it's weird that it's called The Northman? I'm not going to answer that question because it bears heavily on the bespoke questions I'll be asking you later. Oh, okay. Um, oh, already setting that great tone of suspense here. I know, right? Drama. I'm going to go first with my opening, my opening remarks. So, uh, I live in, uh, this, this county called Nevada County. And when I first moved here, I saw like people wearing like, sort of like, they would wear like leather pants that they look like they made themselves and like fur vests and... So sort of familiar with this aesthetic, like it's sort of steampunky, and then it sort of seemed also like vaguely like native, uh, indigenous, appropriative. Um, and then after a while here, I realized that it also seemed to be like so- somewhat like Viking-ish. And then I found out also that there is a uh, some some pretty strong like white supremacist Viking activity in the area heavily tied to um norse mythology and like fake history about the the idea like totally untrue that actually like white people were the first people in uh you know this part of the world there's like people that are really like white supremacist vikings that live around or viking viking uh would-be vikings that live around here and then there's like sort of there's things that are adjacent to that and then like fashion that sort of comes off from that and then appropriates like native fashion as like another way of like laying claim to this non-existent history. So this movie seems to me to come out of that tradition of hoping, maybe hoping to attract audiences who not necessarily are active in like Nordic themed white supremacist groups, but it evokes, I think it evokes something about like a 
a primal and original whiteness that is appealing, unfortunately, to people. And I do not need to see this movie to know <laughs> that that is what a lot of what is going on here. Thank you. I will now turn turn it over to Joshua for his opening remarks on the North Man. Thank you for that, Sarah. And my remarks think probably surprising almost no one follow fairly similar lines, but I maybe have a slightly different approach. I think the first thing I want to do in an attempt to be generous and thoughtful is to disarticulate a sort of Norse history or study in general from that tradition. Not that you were insisting they were identical. In fact, I think you were quite clear. But like, interestingly, I grew up uh, sort of on this material as it happens my mom who's a scholar one of her early fields of scholarship was Icelandic history uh, medieval history and so this is my reading material when I was a kid like some of the first books I read were Icelandic sagas of which this movie is based on an Icelandic saga which later becomes the basis for Hamlet it's interesting we keep coming back to Shakespeare in this podcast right we did West Side Story which is a sort of modernization of Shakespeare and this is like a pre-Shakespeare source and, you know, I loved reading those sagas in a, as a kid. I found them fascinating. I learned a bunch of stuff. I learned about other traditions aside from, like, U.S. Judeo-Christian-centered uh, uh, sort of understandings of, of the world. I found that really helpful. I enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I want to sort of hold open that path as, a, like, a bunch of interesting stuff about the history of the world and civilizations and cultures and religions and, and so on and so forth. Turning, however, to this movie, which I want to stress I have not seen, I hated this movie. This was the worst movie I've ever not seen. <laughs> I imagine it's possible that somewhere in the future, someday in the future, I could see this movie and discover my mistake, but I can scarcely describe how much I hated this movie. Some of them are along the same lines that Sarah details. It's just very hard in this moment in time where a significant strand of a rising and increasingly powerful and consolidated and uh, sort of common, even ordinary, white supremacy is sort of spreading or, or becoming more and more sort of forceful and uh, willing to be public about itself. How a substantial path within that is strongly identified with Norse and Viking traditions, Odal runes, or the, the, the terrible giveaway if you see someone who has them. You know, if you go to the gym, the yoga studio, whatever, the thing is you see people somewhat stripped down, and that means you see their tats, and that means you see some person who's, you know, um, looking pretty pretty warlike and has those uh, Odal runes, and, and it's not a good situation. Like, that's someone you want to be paying attention to and be very wary of, and, and maybe even try and find out what's going on. And there's no doubt that the popularity of things like the show Vikings, which I did try and watch one or two episodes of, a friend of mine said, no, actually, it's good. And uh, I tried it and did not care for it. And then this movie, which I did not try and did not care for. In some sense, it's as simple as even in advance of or alongside or as a a displacement of the question of, of contemporary fascism. Like, I just don't want to hang out with that many blonde people at once. Can't do it. Makes me nervous. And indeed, I want to sort of stress as a final note how much I hate the cast of this movie. 
right? Because the cast of this movie constitutes it. Now, I'm not saying anyone in the cast is a fascist. In fact, I doubt that, although who knows for sure. And individually, I have lots of reasons for disliking them. Alexander Skarsgård is, is very attractive, I guess, in a traditional fashion, in exactly the way we value that kind of Aryan Nordic shit, whatever it is. He's like the model of what a Nazi should look like, so much so that I think he's been cast in movies as like the model of what a Nazi should look like. And it's just not my thing, but I mean, they're all just like one blonde person after another, Nicole Kidman, who I've never really gone for, incredibly blonde, right? And, and on, on Anya Taylor-Joy, I know some people like the Queen's Gambit, but it's just another fucking blonde person, the daughter of someone who has like two of those prestigious knighthoods from the British crown for being rich, and there's just like insanely rich blonde people, and that's the cast. And then there are a couple of people in the in the movie who are not blonde. And I want to take this last opportunity to just to stress how much I do not care for Bjork. Now Bjork clearly is not blonde, certainly is not a fascist, but absolutely like oh, playing a mystical figure and a you know a witch of some kind or a seer or whatever. And like, that's exactly like the Björk shtick. I can't stand it. She utterly sort of embodies the aesthetics of quirkiness, which is just the aesthetics of white people in late capitalism, right? Just like pure quirkiness is all that's left. And, and like, she's the pure form of that. And the idea that she somehow counts as counterculture rather than the court elf of dominant culture makes me slightly bonkers. And I just wanted to stress that, that she too plays a role in this like sense of this movie as just like the backstory of power and dominant culture. And I really did not care for it. Thank you for listening. I would really like to thank you for referring to Bjork as the court elf of dominant culture. If I could, if I had the energy to stand up right now and give you a standing ovation for that, I would. I'm going to give you a sitting ovation for that. I'll take it. I know there's, I know there's going to be haters. I know I have lots of friends who've really enjoyed Bjork uh, in, in their time, and they're welcome, of course, to send us angry messages on Twitter. Uh, where they can interact with or become one of our teeny tiny fan base. Uh, yeah, and I actually want to shout out uh, one of our fans, um, Molly, who wanted us to not see this movie, who is also not seeing this movie. Well, Molly, we're happy to not see it with you. Yes. Uh, so now we move on to our regular questions. Uh, we always ask each other three questions that are uh, part of the you know regular lineup, and then we have two bespoke questions. So I will begin with our first uh, you know regular recurring question, which is, what would you be most looking forward to if you were, which you are not going to see the Northman? I think I would most be looking forward to... I, I mean, I think there's lots of sort of joke answers or I could continue my intense hostility toward the film, but I'll try and be sincere for a second. As I said, I grew up reading the sagas. I'm sort of interested in them and and also have an imperfect recollection of them. And so I think I'd be looking forward to like little moments where I'd be like, oh yeah, that story that was, you know, an important part of uh, that cultural trajectory in the 11th century or whatever. So I think little moments of recognition with a tradition that, that uh, I have enjoyed in my life would probably be what I would most be looking forward to. Let me flip the question around to you. What would you, Sarah Miller, most be looking forward to? 
I just think Alexander Skarsgård, even though you're right about his type, is incredibly fucking hot. In fact, I feel like I've sent you like six text messages over the course of our friendship where I've just said, I think Alexander Skarsgård is really hot. Like for no reason. Like I've just been watching TV and I've just said that. So I would be looking forward to seeing Alexander Skarsgård, who I think is one of the best looking men to ever uh, be born in in the history of the world. Uh, And it pains me to not be able to see this movie, but I will not be seeing it. Incorrect. Moving on. Okay. Um, What would you most be dreading about... What would you most be dreading if you were to see this movie, which you will not be seeing? I think this one's actually pretty easy. It's it's impossible for me to imagine that the director or team making this movie isn't aware of the exact same set, set of problems that we laid out in our introductory remarks. And no doubt they will try and counterbalance that with some extremely liberal, progressive message embedded in the movie that, like, you know, violence doesn't work or something. And, like, that lib... Uh, message would be the thing I'd most be dreading, that it wouldn't even have the courage of its own convictions. How about you, Sarah? What would you most be dreading? Well, in addition to just, like, the incredible, uh, like, hand-to-hand combat violence and, like, axe murdering and stuff, which is, like, one of my least stomachable kinds of violence that I don't like to watch, I guess, I think there's, like, a scene where Nicole Kidman like screams a lot and I don't really like Nicole Kidman either and I don't I really especially dislike Nicole Kidman when she's like acting like really like acting and I feel like you know screaming is like mega acting so I would be dreading that that's interesting I think the contemporary understanding right is that screaming was mega acting a century ago but now you prove your acting chops by conveying emotional depth by like twitching an eyebrow it's like the yeah. Meryl Streep it's like the Meryl Streep thing and of course mm. Nicole Kidman's often compared to Meryl Streep is like well we used to think she was a great beauty but in fact she's a great actor and that somehow proves that we're you know thoughtful uh-huh. and not and not purely physical in our in our evaluations and uh, um, and then we're like yes because like the the, the Im- immensity and contradictory character of desire and self-loathing in that moment when she moved a nostril. And again, like, I couldn't possibly give a shit. Nor could I. Moving on to question number three. Can you imagine a situation in which you would possibly see this movie that you are not going to see? Yeah, I'm going to give this a pass. I realize this is one of the fixed questions. We're supposed to answer it. We've answered it every time before. And I'm just going to tell you that I believe, I'm not a person who always is confident about getting my way in the world or, 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 or even being able to, to, to keep my own commitments as under duress, uh, but I deeply believe I'm going to make it through all the way without ever seeing this movie and that if anyone tries to make me, even in the most sort of confrontational situation that I could conceive of, they would not succeed. So I'm going to take my, my one moment here, I promise not to do it again, to say, like, nothing. There's nothing that could happen that would make me see this movie. I don't know. I could be wrong. I always want to be ready to be wrong. But that's my sense of things. How about you, Sarah Miller? What would have to happen for you to see it? It's funny that you said that because I was, I was toying with some version of the same answer because I really was like, I can't ima- I just cannot imagine the scenario. Uh, I ha- but I had, but I ha- thought of one while you were talking, which is, is this again, very, like 
this would be a very involved situation. But like if I ever got, if I ever had to get some like corporate job and they had like, like a company retreat that I had to go to and then they were having a talent show and you had to participate in it. I could picture being like, I'm going to do an imitation of Bjork from the North Man. And then I would watch the scene or scenes where Bjork, because uh, I don't think that she's in very much of the movie. And that, and that would be my talent uh, for this uh, corporate retreat talk show, uh, talk show, corporate retreat talent show that I would be forced to participate in. Pretty elaborate. I love it. I love it. We've moved on to the final phase of the podcast where each of us prepares two, how many? Two bespoke questions, never asked before, never to be asked again about the movie in question. I want to invite you to go first. Um, so I, I am aware that you have a, per, you know, a, a personal history with uh, some of the material that's, you know, Norse, Norse mythology and, Thank you for your discl- your your complicating that at the beginning. I, I certainly do do not mean to suggest that all North, as you said, that all North mythology is, uh, is is uh, fits into this rubric in this way. Um, uh, with that little preamble, I would like to ask you, Joshua, can you imagine a a Norse themed film that? did not mostly evoke white supremacy to you? Like a, sto- a story um, that you could picture being told that might be like more politically interesting or useful? <clears throat> yeah, that's a really interesting question. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate that. Uh, that's probably something I would want to reflect. It's an interesting enough question that it deserves considerable reflection rather than a kind of snappy podcast answer. The snappy podcast answer might be that it already exists, uh, right? The movie Loki, uh, for for example, which is you know not a great movie. Although I'm I'm I find Tom Hiddleston to be quite charming and attractive myself, uh, and of course he he plays he plays Loki, um, and it's not a great movie. I don't think it's. Uh, in some sense, free of white supremacy. In fact, I think it's very hard to disarticulate white supremacy from capitalism, and it's a capitalist object, obviously. So uh, in, in that sense, like, no, you never get away from it. But, you know, in the way that the, the Thor narrative has in many ways sort of become generalized, I think in that sense it's diffuse enough that people can engage it without it having necessary uh, substantive engagements with white supremacy. Could I imagine some saga that hasn't sort of entered popular culture being remade now as a, as a narrative film? Not sure. You know, they're all revenge-based, right? Like revenge is the um, dominant causal factor that, that, that moves people across the landscape in uh, uh, sagas. Or It's not the only, but it's, it's, it's the main one. And I think at this particular historical moment, the thematic of revenge is really dangerous because, of course, it's the fantasy of a vast army and legion of white supremacists that they're the ones who've been wronged by whatever immigration or some ridiculous shit, and they're getting revenge for that. So I think vengeance is a really problematic thematic now, and given how central that is to the tradition of the saga uh, I think it'd be tough right now. I think it'd be difficult. Sorry for a long answer, but it was a great question. It was a great question. I think it's an excellent answer. I do not have any great questions for you. My two questions are in the same genre. Let me start with this one. If 
this movie was called North the Man and was about Oliver North, who would you cast in the lead? Let's see, the first person who popped into my head was Tom Cruise. Not because I think that he would really be that great, but I think he would be kind of funny. Um, You know who would be a good Oliver North in like 10 years? I think it would be Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> um, he looks a little bit like Oliver North. I could see him, like, especially as he as he ages, I could see him turning a little bit into Oliver North. And then he could, you know, some of the sort of masculine, like bad masculine tendencies that he might have, uh, you know, which we now know because of Taylor Swift's uh, long uh, video of um, that. Please remind me the name of that song. All Too Well. All Too Well, thank you. Uh, you know, it might be an interesting moment to have him play Oliver North. So what you're saying is you're just hoping that in about 14 years, we're going to have a, a very uh, sort of mature phase Taylor Swift song about Jake Gyllenhaal playing Oliver North and the significance of that, by which time, of course, Taylor Swift will have developed an elaborate sort of career as a, as a, as a singer of political songs on political topics, dealing with history, and she'll have, in fact... She'll have entirely remade the album Sandinista. No one saw that coming. Sandinista, Taylor's version. And that will end up having an Oliver North track on it as a bonus cut. I love the future you're laying out. I'm really grateful for your work. I'm ready to move on to our final bespoke question. Joshua Clover, would you ever go on a Viking River cruise? That is a tough question. By which I mean... Uh, free, by the way. It would be free. Uh, some number of years ago, uh, I'd say five or six, not quite sure. Um, I went to Iceland. My partner was giving a talk there. I accompanied and hung out in Iceland for a week as a plus one. And we totally like did some things. We, we, we rented a car and drove... To uh, my but my mom came by the way and and a couple other family members and we like rented a car and drove and visited a museum and this and that so I've come pretty fucking close to going on a Viking River cruise but I can't imagine that if someone came up to me and said hey psst, you psst, hey Viking River cruise that I'd be like yeah so probably not but I don't want to claim to be pure in this regard. Um, my okay. last question for you as we, as we head toward the end of this excellent episode of didn't see it, don't need to. Uh, my last question is, if this movie was called The North Man and was about two Canadian pot dealers, who would you cast? Let's see. I would cast, even though he's a bit old for this, I would cast... Zach Efron and Lakeith Stanfield. I would probably see that movie on the simple principle that I will see almost any movie with Lakeith Stanfield. In it. I did take a pass on one of them. I do not wish to discuss which one right now, but perhaps we return to that issue on a later date. Right now, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this uh, podcast, and I want to thank our listeners for listening. I know you have some thank yous as well, as usual. 
yes, uh, thank you to our editor, Erica Heilman. Thank you to our graphics person, Rebecca Ackerman. And thank you for Chuck Lindo for the music. And this is Didn't See It, Don't Need To on therealsarahmiller.substack.com and also where other podcasts are found. And if you uh, enjoy this and you listen to it a lot, please consider subscribing. Um, That would be great. And uh, we are very excited that you listened and we will see you hopefully maybe in like two weeks. And uh, as Sarah mentioned, we more or less did this episode by request. Uh, uh, One of of our, our massive an ever-growing fan base suggested we take on this movie. It worked for us. It clicked. We decided to go for it. Could happen again. So if you have requests, suggestions, ideas, find us on Twitter. Yes. Uh, I am at, I am um, Sarah Loves Callie on Twitter. And do you want to say what you are on Twitter? I am at Red Materialism on Twitter. All right. Thank you. Um, Have a wonderful day, Joshua, and have a wonderful day, fans of this show. Goodbye. Goodbye.